We are living in extraordinary times. The Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creator of heaven and earth, has been giving us signs of the times. Are you awake? Will you listen to his voice? The time is now. As the darkness of this world increases, so must the children of light wake up to righteousness and shine brightly as never before. Will you hear the call of the Most High? A war is raging for your soul. Will you listen to his word and overcome? Welcome, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream revelation line-by-line -line study. My name is Adam, and I welcome you. Shabbat shalom, everyone, and welcome back. Tonight is it's a special broadcast. Uh, we will be discussing the signs in the heaven given by our Father, Yahuwah Sevot. These signs should honestly be like a bullhorn or a loudspeaker waking up the remnant of his people. Are you listening? Are you prepared for his return? This is what tonight is all about. Brothers and sisters, Revelation chapter 12 has been a huge focus of this ministry for almost five years now. This chapter is so important for the times that we're living in, and we'll be discussing those tonight. There's a lot to go over, so we're going to go ahead and pray and get right into it because there's so much to cover, but I welcome you. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, we just come before you in Yeshua's name. We just thank you so much for salvation through him and his offering for us to be reconciled back to you. We pray that you open our eyes and ears and guide us through this study. We pray that it's a blessing for you and that we pray that your return is so close. We're waiting for you in Yahushua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, there's a lot to go over tonight. And I'm really excited for those of you that have been watching this channel for uh, at any length. You know that this chapter is very significant to me in this ministry. And I was really excited when I did, when we decided to go to do a Revelation line-by-line -line study. I, I was just waiting for Revelation 12 to come up because there's so much to go over. And it's so important for this generation. But uh, enough for me. Let's get right into it. And first of all, we have to get the <laughs> we have to get this working first. Give me just a moment. I apologize. There we go. All right. So we will be reading from the Sefer version tonight, uh, alongside uh, cross-referencing a few other versions. So let's get to it. Revelation chapter 12. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 5, and then we're going to go back and break it down. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. 
And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a male child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto Yahuwah, to his throne okay so this is something that you know for many centuries was just symbolic you know you've got the dragon you've got the the priest the the woman getting ready to give labor um the dragon wanting to destroy the child a lot of um it reminds us of the birth of messiah yahusha and herod and um when he got news from the wise men, he wanted to kill all two, year, two years old and younger children. And it reminds us a lot of that. However, we have found through the revealing of what Yahuwah showed to us that this sign is not only symbolic, but it was literal. That there is a sign in the heaven that matched this word for word. And we're going to go over that just shortly. First of all, I want to back up a little bit and let's talk about there being a great wonder in heaven. And let's dig into the Greek here and see what's actually being said. So here we are at the Strongest Concordance, and we can see here Revelation 12.1, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven. So let's take a look at this word wonder in the Greek. So the Greek word, it's pronounced sameon. It was used 77 times. And 50 of those times it was used for sign, 23 times miracle, 3 times wonder, 1 times token. Let's take a look at the biblical usage. A sign, a mark, a token, that by which a person or a thing is distinguished from others and is known. A sign, prodigy, portent, unusual occurrence, transcending the common course of nature of signs, pretending remarkable events soon to happen. I think this might uh, be the closest one here, of miracles and wonders by which Elohim authenticates the men sent by him or by which men prove that the cause they are pleading is Elohim's. So, as we can probably deduce here, it's properly saying a sign, right? A sign or a miracle or a wonder in heaven, something, something given by him. Let's take a look at a very famous passage where this exact word was used. We're going to turn to Luke 21, 25 through 28. And there shall be signs. This is that Greek word right here, signs. There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Now, brothers and sisters, I think we can all admit that this has been happening quite a bit over the last few years number one the last thing we see here the sea and the waves roaring we've been seeing all sorts of um, um, you know disasters hurricanes and uh, uh, tsunamis and all sorts of things happening uh, with with um, intensity over the last maybe five to ten years distress of nations is certainly happening right now and of course the the focus of tonight was is going to be the signs in the sun, the moon, and in the stars, to which uh, what we read in the first part of Revelation 12 just a moment ago. 
Continuing, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then they shall see the Son of they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. Praise be to Yahuwah. That is what we're looking for. Okay, so a couple more passages. So let's talk about the the biblical foundation for these signs in the sun, moon, and the stars. Now, it should be enough because Messiah, who shall set it here in the, the book of Luke, what's well, also, um, well, actually this part wasn't in Matthew or Mark, but here in Luke. So let's talk about the foundation uh, of how we can get signs in the sun, moon, and stars. Let's go all the way back to the first pages of our scriptures, Genesis 1.14. And Elohim said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So it's saying right here in the very first page of our scriptures that uh, the lights in the firmament, which is the sun, the moon, and the stars, that they shall be for signs, signs from Elohim, which if you're new here, Elohim is the word Hebrew word for God. Seasons, this is um, Moedim, this is the appointed times, this is the, the seven feast days of Yahuwah, and of course for days and for years, how we track the calendar. Now, straight from the heart of a man after Yah's own heart, King David, Psalm 19, 1-4, The heavens declare the glory of Elohim, and the firmament shows his handiwork, the firmament, the dome structure above our head. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. So the heavens above, because we know that the sun, moon, and the stars were set in the firmament of heaven, that the firmament of heaven utters speech. It speaks to us. And night unto night shows knowledge. There's knowledge to be seen up above. It's a lost knowledge. But not anymore. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. So let's back up. What did it just say here? So the sun, moon, and stars, right? They speak a language that transcends all languages. Why? Well, if Yahuwah, our Heavenly Father, wanted to give the whole earth a sign that transcends all languages, it's in his sun, moon, and stars, in his luminaries, in the firmament. That's how he speaks. And if he were to speak in these last days, that's, that's how I imagine he would speak, and he has. We're going to talk about that tonight. So there are some people that are skeptical about looking in the sun, moon, and stars, and rightly so, because all most of us understand about the, the, the stars, at least, um, or the science in the heaven, is the uh, astrology, Right? which is focused on self, right? My day, how is my day going to happen according to the stars, right? Like div divining ones or looking for divination or looking for signs on how your personal life is going to go on that day. There's a huge difference between Satan's astrology versus the Most High's astronomy, which the Israelites were very, very wise in. Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 2. Now when Yahusha, the true name for a Messiah, was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, 
Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship. And so the birth of Messiah was marked by a heavenly conjunction. It's a fascinating uh, topic. If you want to look into it, you just go to YouTube to type in the Star of Bethlehem documentary. It'll blow your mind. But regardless, the wise men or the kings, uh, the three kings, um, whatever you want to call them, they knew they came all the way from Babylon, right? For, or at least from the east. They came all the way from the east to Jerusalem because of a star. They knew what was going on in the heavens. They knew the signs of the times. Remember Messiah Yahusha, he rebuked the Pharisees for not knowing the signs of the times. Do you know the signs of the times? Here's just a little tidbit about the constellations. It's in Job 38, uh, 20, um, 32 through 33. This is when uh, the Most High finally answers Job, right? And he's rebuking him. He's like, have you done this? Do you know how to do this? Do you know how to do this? And then he says, can you bring forth Maseroth in his season? Or canst thou guide Arcturus with his sons? Arcturus is a, uh, is a major star in uh, one of the constellations uh, named Boot, Bootes or Boots. I don't know exactly how you pronounce it. But, um, but the Maseroth, this is fascinating. We're going to take a look at the, um, the word Maseroth real quick. So uh, Masera, right? This is the Hebrew word Masera. And it was only used one time. And it was translated as Maseroth, right? And it is the 12 signs of the Zodiac and their 36 associated constellations. Now, even this word Zodiac carries uh, a negative name. There was like, a, I think a Hollywood movie called the Zodiac Killer or something. Just, you know, just any way they can pervert the truth of Yahuwah's, uh, well, they can pervert Yahuwah's truth, right? So Zodiac, that actually just even comes from the Hebrew word Zedek which is righteousness, right? So this word Maseroth, right, comes from the root word of Nazar, which is the word for Nazarite or to um, to be separated unto Yahuwah. So this is a very uh, special thing. So these Maseroth are very special. Think about it. These constellations have kept their form together for thousands of years, right? Kind of shatters... Uh, mainstream science take on what's going on up there in the heavens right but that's for another time we don't need to go down that road so maseroths right so the constellations so basically the most high is rebuking job can you bring the maseroth in a season right can you do that kind of stuff do you know the ordinances of heaven can you set the dominion thereof in the earth jeremiah 31 35 through 37 thus saith yahuwah which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the ra- the waves thereof roar. Yahuwah Sevaot is his name. Yes, our Heavenly Father Most High has a name. Yahuwah Sevaot. If those ordinances depart from me, right, the ordinances of the sun, moon, and the stars, if they depart from me, he says, saith Yahuwah, then the seed of Israel, of Yashrael, also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says Yahuwah, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith Yahuwah. Now, on the flip side, people can go too far with looking at the sun, moon, and stars. They could worship them and bow down to them and serve them. That was one of the transgressions of many nations, including ancient Israelites that went astray. Deuteronomy 4.19, Unless you lift up your eyes unto heaven, and when you see it, the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the hosts of heaven, shouldst be driven to worship them, this is the difference, right? Worship them and serve them, 
which Yahweh, your Elohim, has divided unto all the nations under heaven, right? So this is a transgression to go beyond just looking at the the, the sun, moon, and stars, which our Heavenly Father created to show us his, right? They should be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Anything past that is in transgression. Now, a couple, uh, couple of things. Joshua 10, 13, And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? Which is why I'm mentioning this, because I want to show you two excerpts in the book of Jasher that's really important for tonight. So the sun stood in the, in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. Another verse that shatters uh, heliocentric earth, right? The sun moves around the firmament. Second witness, 2 Samuel 1.18, also he bade them to teach the children of Judah to the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. There's your second witness. Now, we're going to take a look at an excerpt from the book of Jasher, uh, chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. This is the birth of Abraham, birth of or Abram at that point. Book of Jasher, chapter 8. And it was in the night that Abram was born that all the servants of Terah and all the wise men of Nimrod and his conjurers came and ate and drank in the house of Terah, and they rejoiced with him on that night. And when all the wise men and conjurers went out from the house of Terah, they lifted up their eyes toward heaven that night to look at the stars. And they saw, and behold, one very large star came from the east and ran in the heavens, and he swallowed up the four stars from the four sides of the heavens." And all the wise men of the king and his conjurers were astonished at the sight. And the sages understood this, this matter, and they knew it was its, its import. Sorry. And they said to each other, This only betokens the, ch the child that has been born to Terah this night, who will grow up and be fruitful and multiply and possess all the earth, he and all his children forever, and he and his seed will slay great kings and inherit their lands. So, what do we read this for? Well, it's certainly interesting that the birth of Avraham was marked with an alignment, an alignment of stars, a sign in the heavens. Roughly 2,000 years later, the birth of our Messiah, right? The righteous seed of Abraham, our King of Kings, our Adonai of Adonais, Messiah Husha, was born and it was marked with a star or with a conjunction of stars. Roughly 2,000 years later, here we are. Has this generation been born and marked by a heavenly alignment? I believe so. We're going we're gonna to dive further into that point a little bit later. A few more passages from Jasher. Jasher 53, 18 through 21. Now this is when the, uh, the 11 brothers of Joseph came um, to Egypt and uh, here's a little portion of Jasher that we don't see in the book of Genesis. And again, this is Jasher 53, 18 through 21. And he ordered them to bring before him his, his map of the stars, whereby Joseph knew all the times. And Joseph said unto Benjamin, which by the way, uh, this is just Joseph and Benjamin by themselves. The other brothers are eating and drinking. Joseph brought Benjamin into a separate room. Joseph knew all the times, and Joseph said unto Benjamin, I have heard that the Hebrews are acquainted with all wisdom. Dost thou know anything of this? Sorry, she showed him the map of the stars. He's like, right, the Hebrews have wisdom of this. Do you have wisdom? Do you know anything about this star map, right? 
And Benjamin said, Thy servant is knowing also in all the wisdom which my father taught me. And Joseph said unto Benjamin, Look now at this instrument and understand where thy brother Joseph is in Egypt. Because he had not revealed himself to Benjamin, right? He hadn't revealed him to him yet. Who you said went down to Egypt. And Benjamin beheld that instrument with the map of the stars of heaven. And he was wise and looked therein to know where his, where his brother was. And Benjamin divided the whole land of Egypt into four divisions. And he found that he who was sitting upon the throne before him was his brother Joseph. And Benjamin wondered greatly. And when Joseph saw that his, ben, that his brother Benjamin was so much astonished, he said unto Benjamin, What hast thou seen, and why art thou astonished? And Benjamin said unto Joseph, I can see by this, right, the map of the stars, that Joseph, my brother, sitteth here with me upon the throne. And Joseph said unto him, I am Joseph thy brother. Reveal not this thing unto thy brethren. Behold, I will send thee with them, and when they go away, and I will command them to be brought back again to the city, and I will take thee away from them. So anyways, we'll stop there. It's not a fascinating read, but we'll stop there just so we can stay on point. So what are what are we seeing here? The Yes, the Most High, Yahuwah, gives us signs in the heavens backed by scripture now let's go back to luke 21 25 there be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars so something very significant that happened uh very recently uh, actually also in 2017 was the great american eclipse right and the interesting thing about this is it passed through seven salems they also say that in seven exactly seven almost exactly seven years later but in 2024 there's going to be one crossing making like an X uh, near near the middle of the United States. So definitely a sign in the sun. Is this the, is this the the end of it? No. Is there probably a lot more signs in the sun coming? Absolutely. But certainly something to be reckoned with. This actually happened 33 days before the Revelation 12 alignment that we're going to get ready to go over in just a moment. Next. This is something that actually started to wake me up in 2014, 2015. You had the blood moon tetrad. You had four blood moons happening on four feast days of Yahuwah. In 2014, you had the blood moon on Passover and the blood moon on Sukkot. Also in 2015, the blood moon on Passover and the blood moon on Sukkot. So four. So you had the Passover is the beginning of the feasts. Sukkot is the end. The beginning, end. Very interesting. Certainly, signs in the moon. Now, quite frankly, the most, the most convincing sign to me, which is what we're about to, what we read here in Revelation twelve. Some of you may already have heard of this. It's called the September twenty third Revelation twelve sign. Something that we spent a lot of time on, uh, twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen, talking about. Um, this is something that uh, put a lot of time into. And so I want to share that with you tonight. So I'm actually going to pull up Stellarium right now. And uh, we're going to discuss this quite a bit. Give me just a moment. I have to set this up. Give me just a moment here. Okay. I'm going to take you through the steps so that you can do this yourself. Oops. Okay. 
There we go. All right, excellent. So this is Stellarium. This is a program mapping the stars, the sun, moon, and stars. And this program, I can tell you, I've studied it for a long time, is very precise. So what we're going to do, first thing we're going to do is we're going to set the time. We're going to go back to 2017. We're going to find Virgo. Because remember, it said, let me show you, hang on a sec. Let's put on, so it's a, a great wonder, right? A woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars above her head, and she was pregnant, getting ready to give birth. So if you're, if you're very new to um, the constellations, there are 12, well, technically 13 constellations, because it goes, goes through Ophiuchus as well, but there's technically 12 constellations that the sun moves through virgo is the only one that you can consider the woman so if if uh, if you can have the woman clothed with the sun the only constellation that could be is virgo right and above her head was a crown of 12 stars so what's above her head you've got leo right the lion the lion of the tribe of judah leo naturally has one two three four five six, seven, eight, nine stars, right? But the prophecy says there's 12 stars above her head, certainly um, signifying the 12 tribes of Israel, right? So the thing about this sign, and there were a lot of naysayers about this sign, the alignment back in 2017, which this is not the alignment yet. We're just, we're preparing for it, actually. But back up a little bit, 2016. So the requirements are clothed with the sun, moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars above her head now critics of the sign would say well you've got the moon under her feet uh and clothe the sun every year true but you don't have a pregnancy every year and you don't have the crown of 12 stars above her head every year and certainly not altogether the last time this alignment happened altogether was roughly the time of adam and eve let's go through this together so again we're going to lock on Virgo. Let's scroll out a little bit. So here we are in 2016, and I'm actually going to fast forward a little bit. So here in November. So here I want you to pay attention to, this is the planet that they call ugh, Jupiter. I hate calling it that name. But um, you're going to watch it enter to what we'd see as like the belly section, and it's going to stay in for nine months. Watch are we still locked in? Okay, good. So here we go. So, so if you can see at the top, we're in December. Those are the days counting. So now we're in January. Days are counting. As you can see, as we go along, it's staying in the womb section. And as you see, the, the moon's passing by. Those are the months passing by. So now we're in April. So this actually stays in the womb section for nine months, like a typical birth. So now we're in July of 2017, August. 
Now, just really quickly, I'll show you. This is the eclipse. Right here. This is the eclipse of 2017. Okay, so we're getting close. So here we come. So now you can see it's exiting the womb section. Now here comes the sun. We're at the 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd. So here, here, you've got the woman clothed with the sun, the moon. Right? The moon is under her foot. And she's got a, a crown of 12 stars above her head. Remember, the nine stars from Leo plus in perfect alignment from Regulus. Regulus is the chief star of Leo. Perfect alignment. You've got Venus. I hate calling him these names. I'm sorry. I just don't know what else to call them so that you know what I'm talking about. Mars. Mercury. So you've got the nine stars from Leo plus the three wandering stars, what we call planets, to form the crown of 12 stars above her head. Brothers and sisters, I spent, I don't even know if it's hundreds or thousands of hours on this. I don't want to embellish, but I just spent a lot of time on this. And I could tell you the last time this sign happened was roughly the time of Adam and Eve. There was an alignment very similar happened in roughly 3 B.C., but this is the only time that this sign has perfectly happened since the writing of the book of Revelation. That's got to mean something. Now, remember when we talked about when we talked about the star alignment happening for the birth of. Uh, well, first of all, this sign happened roughly in the time of Adam and Eve. Then, roughly two thousand years later, you have the birth of Abraham marked with the star conjunction. Then, roughly two thousand years later, you had a star conjunction with the birth of Messiah Yahusha. And if the, if the calendar is even roughly correct, we're roughly 2,000 years from Messiah Yahusha. And has this generation been marked by the birth of a sign, which is the whole promise of this prophecy is a birth in the heavens. So here it is. This is what happened on September 23rd, 2017. And in my opinion, to the best of my understanding, this is the fulfillment of Revelation 1 through 2. And again, remember, the other part of it, which is really amazing, is the, the birth. We saw the birth in the heavens. Okay. Let me switch over here. Okay. I apologize. Okay. Just wanted to make sure everything was working all right. We 
want to make sure there's no technical issues here. Okay, so that, brothers and sisters, was the Revelation 12 sign that happened in 2017. Now, I've heard from a lot of you, and so many of you woke up during that time. Whether you saw this sign or not, whether you heard about it or not, the end, the, the fall of 2017, there was something that happened in the spiritual realm. Now, a lot of us were thinking that something might actually happen, like it might be the, the start of the day of Yahuwah or um, the, the regathering or the second exodus or whatever we wanted to call it at that time. We thought that that might be the day. Well, maybe nothing in the physical happened, but in the spiritual realm, something happened. And I can tell you, from that day forward, there was a huge shift in this ministry. The Most High shifting us to understand what it actually means to walk in righteousness, shedding off the traditions of men that make of no effect the commandments of Yah. And for a lot of you, you woke up to the truth of Messiah, you woke up to the truth of this world, and that it has really nothing to offer you, and the truth that we are to walk as he walked, obedient to the Torah. Now, i got to ask you, brothers and sisters, again, when we saw that sign, right, with the woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her, under her feet, and upon her head a, qu- uh, a crown of twelve stars, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered, right, and down here, she brought forth a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto Yahuwah and to his throne. This is the promise. Now, let me ask you a question. What we just saw with the star alignment, Yahuwah knowing that in the end times, we would have technology like this and be able to see this and foresee it happening, even going back in time and seeing it again like we're doing right now. Do you think that he would even let this remotely happen, even if it was, even if it was an accident, right? I don't think he would even allow it to happen so that we would even get mixed up and, you know, and, and think that it was something, but it's really not. Brothers and sisters, I truly believe that this was from Yahuwah the Most High. I truly do. So what does this mean? It's time to wake up, repent, believe in Messiah Yahusha for your forgiveness of sins, to be reconciled back to the Father, to be baptized, to receive the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, and to walk in the path of righteousness, the way, Torah, his instructions for living. And for some of you who are new, and you believe that the law has been done away with, and that it's old, and it's, you know, no need, please stay with us. We're going to discuss that as well tonight. So now, let's talk a little bit about the woman. Now we need to look at the players, right? The players in this prophecy, we've got the woman, we've got the child, and we've got the dragon. So, who is the woman? Who is the child? Let's talk about it. So again, and she being with child, child cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. Now, it's really nice about the Sefer. They've got these references. We're going to be talking about some of these and much more. Right? So, and again, the second part of chapter, verse 4 here. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So you've got this pregnancy, these birth pains, as Messiah Yahushua talks about, right? Leading up to this event. So who is the woman? Let's specifically talk about who the woman is. Revelation, or I'm sorry, Isaiah 66, 7 through 14. This is identical. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Remember, this is all about giving birth. 
giving birth to a nation, as we'll see. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things, right? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. So that man-child, right, is not just one child. It's children. It's a multitude of children, as we'll see. Now, Yahuwah is asking a question. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, saith Yahuwah? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, saith thy Elohim? Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, and be glad with her, all ye that love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all ye that mourn for her. This is the heavenly New Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. The woman is New Jerusalem. That ye may suck and be satisfied with the breast of her consolations. That ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus saith Yahuwah, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then shall ye suck, ye shall be borne upon her sides, and be dandled upon her knees, as one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Praise be to Yahuwah. This is our inheritance. This is what we're waiting for. This is that day. And when you see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like an herb. And the hand of Yahuwah shall be known toward his servants, and his indignation toward his enemies. So when this day happens, it's going to be a blessing for us, and a curse for those that were not ready. We're going to talk a lot about being ready tonight, brothers and sisters. So here's more evidence about the woman. Isaiah 49, 8-23 Thus saith Yahuwah, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you, and I will preserve you, and give you for a covenant of the people, to establish the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritages, that you may say to the prisoners, Go forth! To them that are in darkness, show yourselves, that they shall feed in, their, in the ways, and their pastures shall be in all high places they shall not hunger nor thirst neither shall the heat nor sun smite them for he that hath mercy on them shall lead them even by the springs of water shall he guide them and i will make all my mountains away and my highways shall be exalted behold these now this is talking about the child behold these shall come from afar and lo these from the north and from the west and these from the land of sanim sing o heavens and be joyful o earth and break forth into singing o mountains for yahuwah hath comforted his people that's the child the children and will have mercy upon his afflicted but zion said right this is new jerusalem but zion said yahuwah hath forsaken me and my adonai hath forgotten me can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet I will not forget you. This is the Most High speaking to New Jerusalem, saying, I'm not going to forget you. Now, he's speaking to New Jerusalem, Behold, I have graven you upon the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. So this is the woman. The woman is New Jerusalem. Now, right, the man-child, thy children shall make haste, thy destroyers, and they that made thee waste shall go forth of thee. Lift up your eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to you. 
As I live, as I live, saith Yahuwah, you shall surely clothe thee with them all, as with an ornament, and bind thee, bind them on you, as a bride does. For thy waste and thy desolate places in the land of your destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants, and they that swallowed thee up shall be far away. The children which you shall have after you have lost the other shall say again in thine ears, because she lost her first children, right, because of transgression. Now, when he regathers us all again, that's just going to be her new children. Right? So again, the children which you shall have after you have lost the other shall say again in your ears, The place is too straight for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. Then you shall say in your heart, Who has begotten me these, saying I have lost my children, and I am desolate, a captive, and removing to and fro? And who brought these up? Who brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? Thus saith Yahuwah Eloheinu, behold, I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders, and kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to you with their face toward the earth and lick up the dust of your feet, and thou shalt know that I am Yahuwah, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Oh, we are waiting for Yahuwah, are we not? Brothers and sisters, one thing I wanted to share with you, this verse right here, Behold, I have graven you upon the palms of my hands. This I want to reference really quickly in the book of Second Baruch, chapter 4. Now, Baruch was a prophet and a scribe. He was a scribe to Jeremiah, but also a prophet. This was right before Nebuchadnezzar and his army was getting ready to destroy Jerusalem and the temple. This is Baruch pleading to Yahuwah like, you know, I don't understand why, you know, why, you said that Jerusalem would be forever, and why, why, why? And so this is Yahuwah replying to Baruch, chapter 4. And Yahuwah said unto me, This city, this is physical Jerusalem, right? Ancient Jerusalem. This city shall be delivered up for a time, and the people shall be chastened during a time, and the world will not be given over to oblivion. And he's like, he's asking, he's like, he's like, do you think that this is the city of which I said? On the palms of my hands I have graven you. Again, a direct reference to Isaiah 49, 16. Behold, I have graven you upon the palms of my hands, right? So Yahuwah is asking, he's like, do you think that this physical Jerusalem is the one, yeah, on the palms of my hands I have graven you? No. He's continuing. This building now built in your midst is not that which is revealed with me. So new Jerusalem is going to be revealed with the coming of Messiah Yahushua. So he's saying, this building now built in your midst is not that which is revealed with me. That which was prepared beforehand here from the time when I took counsel to make paradise and showed it to Adam before he sinned. But when he transgressed the commandment, it was removed from him as also paradise. Right? So it was taken away. It's Eden. Right? This whole story has been about getting back into Eden, getting back into the garden. That is New Jerusalem. And after these things, I showed it to my servant Avraham by night among the portions of the victims. And again, I showed it to Moshe on Mount Sinai when I showed him the likeness of the tabernacle and all its vessels. Right? Because the tabernacle on earth was a copy of that which was in the heavens. And now behold, it is preserved with me as also paradise. Go, there, go therefore and do as I command you. So, a couple more references. 
now we're going to talk a little bit more about this travailing, right? So uh, just to just to tag along what we just read about um, New Jerusalem being revealed with Messiah and it being our reward, our inheritance, uh, our land of inheritance. That's our reward. Revelation twenty two twelve. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every, every man according as his work shall be. Now, going back to remember, and she being with chi- uh, child. This is Revelation twelve two, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. Right, birth pains. Let's talk about that. Micah five three. This is he's talking about the the children of Israel, his people, his inheritance. Therefore, he will give them up. Right, the nation of Israel, give them up until not the not the state of Israel. That's you know nineteen forty eight. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about his people, his set apart, his Kodesh people. Therefore, he will give them up until the time that which she travaileth hath brought forth, right? So the alignment, the sign in the heaven from 2017 was a promise of what's to come. When that's going to happen? Oh boy, I don't know. No man knows the day or the hour. But certainly, that was a promise of what's to come. Until the time that which she travaileth hath brought forth, then the remnant of his brethren shall return unto the children of Israel. The regathering. Skipping a little bit further down, Micah 5. And the remnant of Yaakov, of Jacob, shall be in the midst of many people as a dew from Yahuwah, as the showers upon the grass that tarrieth not for men, nor waiteth for the sons of men. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people as a lion among the beasts of the forest. As a young lion among the flocks of sheep, who, if he go through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. Thine hand shall be lifted up, lifted up upon thine adversaries, and all thy enemies shall be cut off. Excellent chapter here, Isaiah 26. You know, I was actually just going to read, just to save a little bit of time tonight, we're going to read verses 1 through 2, and then we're going to skip down to the end of it. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city, right, New Jerusalem. Salvation will Elohim appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates to New Jerusalem, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Now, what is the truth, brothers and sisters? Oops. I don't like this new version. No. Okay, Psalm 119, 142. So again, my question is, right? Open ye the gates to New Jerusalem, right? That the, the righteous nation with keep, which keepeth the truth may enter in. Psalm 119, 142. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law. The Hebrew word here is Torah. Thy Torah is the truth. So the nation that keeps the truth, the Torah, may enter in. So let's skip down a little bit here further around, further down. Here we go. Verse 16. Yahuwah, in trouble have they visited thee. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. Like as a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery is in pain and crieth out in her pangs, so have we been in thy sight, O Yahuwah. We have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind right brought forth wind we have not wrought any deliverance in the earth neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen thy dead men shall live right this is the resurrection together with my dead body shall they arise 
Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out her dead. So Revelation 12, 5, right, says she brought forth, right, so there was a birth, brought forth a male child, right, her children, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto Yahuwah, that's just snatching away unto Yahuwah and to his throne. There's a lot more to be discussed about this um, in detail. Uh, we're going to be going over, over this uh, very shortly. But, this, but uh, And then f f finishing up here in Isaiah 26, Come, my people, enter you into your chambers and shut your doors about you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. Right? His wrath. For behold, Yahuwah cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, their lawlessness, their, their disregard for his instructions for life, his eternal Torah. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Now here's a vision of New Jerusalem being here on earth and it gives you a little more insight as to what's going on. Psalm 48, 1-13 Great is Yahuwah and greatly to be praised in the city of our Elohim in the mountain, right? It's going to be huge in the mountain of His holiness. Beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. New Jerusalem, on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Elohim is known in her palaces for a refuge. For lo, the kings were assembled. They passed by together. They saw it. And so they marveled. They were troubled and hasted away. Right? So they came. They came and gathered around this thing. They're like, oh, man. And they hurried away. Fear took hold upon them and pain as of a woman in travail. Thou breakest the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of Yahuwah of Sevaot, in the city of our Elohim. Elohim will establish it forever. Selah. We have thought of thy loving kindness, O Elohim, in the midst of thy temple. According to thy, na to thy name, O Elohim, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand, right? Messiah, Husha. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. Walk about Zion, right? right? Walk about New Jerusalem and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark ye her bulwarks. Consider her palaces that ye may tell it to the generation following. Amen. More about travailing, a woman travailing. Jeremiah 30, 1 through 8. The word that came to Jeremiah from Yahuwah saying, Thus speaketh Yahuwah Eloheinu of Yashrael, saying, Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto you in a book. For lo, the days come, saith Yahuwah, that I will bring again the captivity of, captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith Yahuwah, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. And these are the words that Yahuwah spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith Yahuwah, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. Ask ye now, and see whether a man doth travail with child. Right? Does a man give birth to a child? He's like, wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins? Right? Like, oh, as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, like the tribulation, right? But he shall be saved out of that tribulation. 
For it shall come to pass in that day, saith Yahuwah Sevaot, that I will break his yoke from off your neck, and will burst your bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. Amen. Jeremiah 50, 41-46 Behold, a people shall come from the north, and a great nation, and many kings shall be raised up from the coast of the earth. They shall hold the bow and the lance. They are cruel and will not show mercy. Their voice shall roar like the sea, and they shall ride upon horses, every one put in array, like a man to the battle against thee, O daughter of Babylon. The king of Babylon hath heard the report of them, and his hands wax feeble. Anguish took hold of him, and pangs as of a woman in travail. Behold, so the woman's going to travail, and then when she comes, the nations are going to travail. Behold, he shall come up like a lion from the swelling of Jordan unto the habitation of the strong, but I will make them suddenly run away from her. Right? This is what we just saw in Psalm 48. The nations came and gathered and ran away. Right? But I will make them suddenly run away from her. And who was the chosen man that I may appoint over her? For who is like me? And who will appoint me the time? And who is that shepherd that will stand before me? Therefore hear ye the counsel of Yahuwah, that he hath taken against Babylon and his purposes, that he hath purposed against the land of the Chaldeans. Surely the least of the flock shall draw them out. Surely he shall make their habitation desolate with them. At the noise of the taking of Babylon, the earth is moved, and the cry is heard among the nations. So think so in speaking about the king of Babylon here in the report, his hands waxed feeble and anguish took hold of him as the pangs of a woman in travail. Let's take a look at the song of Moses from Exodus 15, which if you stay with us, we're going to be singing together tonight. I hope you can stay with us. Exodus 15, the song of Moshe, not only was it for the, in those ancient times, but it's prophecy for what's to come. Remember, the 144,000 sing this song on top of Mount Zion. Speaking of the woman, right, Mount Zion, they'll be singing this on top of her. Thou stretchest out thy right hand, right, Messiah. The earth swallowed them. Thou, in thy mercy, hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. You have guided them in your strength unto the holy habitation, New Jerusalem. The people shall hear and be afraid. Like what we just saw here, right here. At the noise of the taking of Babylon, the earth is moved, and the cry is heard among the nations. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestine. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away, which is where 1948 state of Israel is right now. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Mystery Babylon. Fear and dread shall come upon them. By the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as a stone till thy people pass over, O Yahuwah, till the people pass over which you have purchased. You shall bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Yahuwah, which you have made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Yahuwah, which your hands have established. Right? It said, that upon the palms of his hands he has graven New Jerusalem. Yahuwah shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen to that, brothers and sisters. Okay. So, let's go to 
Now, let's go to the child. So we established who the woman is. The woman is New Jerusalem, and she's going to give birth. Now, we saw the sign of the heavens. Now, I will tell you that I really feel, I believe, that there was a spiritual birth when this hap sign happened in September 23rd, 2017, in the heavens. Again, I've heard a lot of reports from you, brothers and sisters, that have given me witness and testimony saying that during that time, during the fall of 2017, something changed in your life and you started coming back to the Father like never before. While I was already on my journey back to the Father, that was the time that Yahuwah had taken the blinders off my eyes to the truth of keeping his commandments, of putting aside the doctrines of men that make of no effect of his, of his true commandments, just like the Pharisees of old, just like the religious leaders of old. So now, Let's talk about who, let's talk about more about the child. Again, Revelation twelve five, and she brought forth a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto Yahuwah and to his throne. We're gonna start with Psalm two, because this promise to rule all nations with a rod of iron was first given to Messiah Husha. You can see here it's in Tehillim, Psalm 210. We're going to read Psalm 2 first. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against Yahuwah and against his anointed, his Messiah, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. Yahuwah shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion, right, New Jerusalem. I will declare the decree. Yahuwah has said unto me, You are my son. This day have I begotten you. Ask of me, and I shall give you the heathen, the nations, right, for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. You this is Messiah. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessels, right? So the rod of iron, right? To rule all nations with a rod of iron. Be wise now, therefore, ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve Yahuwah with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Praise be to Yahuwah. Now, let's look at who that promise is also for. So again, we're looking at who the child, the child, again, the bringing forth a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto Yahuwah and to his throne. So it was promised to Messiah Husha, but we also know that we shall be like Messiah, and we will be co-heirs with Messiah. As beyond our wildest dreams that may seem, that is the promise. Revelation 2, 25 through 28. This is the promise, right, for, for those that overcome. But that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcome, overcomes, right, and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even is I received my father. So Messiah is saying, if you overcome and keep his works, faith without works is dead, right? We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But if you overcome, 
And we know a little bit further down in Revelation 12 how we overcome. Revelation 12, 11, this is for next week, but, and they overcame him by, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. That's how we overcome. So overcoming and keeping his works, faith in him and works. Unto the end, to him I will give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Again, Revelation 12, 5, the child, she brought forth a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Isaiah 49, 16, again, remember, Behold, I have graven you upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Again, remember, thy children shall make haste, thy destroyers, and they that made thee waste shall go forth of thee. Just again, a reminder, Isaiah 66, 7, Before she travailed, the woman, she brought forth, before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. And again, a little bit later, it says, children and again the promise is to rejoice with jerusalem and be glad with her all ye that love her rejoice for joy with her all ye that mourn for her and then again as one whom his mother mother comforteth so will i comfort you and you shall be comforted in jerusalem new jerusalem how do we get in there isaiah 26 2 open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth, which keepeth the Torah, may enter in. Why? Psalm 119, 1-42, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law, the Hebrew word here is Torah, is the truth, the truth. We know that Messiah, Husha, said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Is it interesting that the Torah is the way, the Torah is the truth, and Torah is the life. Let's talk about that day. Here's a little picture of that day. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, which the kingdom of heaven is New Jerusalem. This is where he rules and reigns from. Who enters? But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, and in your name have cast out devils, and in your name have done many wonderful works? And then I'll profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Who wants to hear that? Nobody, right? I never knew you. Now, if you ask 10 different pastors on how we know Messiah, you probably get 10 different answers most of them would just be like you know say a prayer and invite him into your heart and and declare him uh, as your lord which listen declaring him as your as your messiah your savior this is all important stuff but it's scripture is very very specific and we have to use scripture to interpret scripture not traditions that have been passed down to us so again i never knew you how do we know him 1 John 2, 3, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Right? And then he says, again, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Let's take a look at this Greek word, iniquity. Maybe. No, that site's not working. Okay. We'll come back to it. I hope the internet's not going down. 
Okay. Next. Matthew 25, 1-13. This is another look at the door being opened for some and closed for others. Matthew 25, 1-13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, it is interesting it uses the word virgins. Remember, the 144,000, it says they were virgins, right? I believe this to be a uh, symbolic or a, um, a spiritual virginity not tainted with, well, the woman and her doctrines and her evil doctrines, which we'll actually look at here in just a second. The kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels and with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so lest there be not enough for us and for you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. Right? It's the same thing we just saw in Matthew 7. Lord, Lord. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Right? I never knew you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So, let's use scriptures to decipher the scripture. So, the age-old teaching of this is, you know, five people had the Holy Spirit and believed, and five people didn't. They were like non-believers. That's not true. Not true at all. To understand this, this parable, we have to understand scripture. There's like keywords, and we have to decipher them. We have to understand what the lamps are. We have to know what the oil is. We have to know what... Um, what, um, you know, buying, you know, what, what can be bought, what can not be sold, right? Let's talk about it. Proverbs six twenty three through 24. For the commandment is a lamp and the Torah is light. So they had these, they had these lamps, right? And lamps are supposed to put forth light. And reproofs of instruction on the way of life. What? To keep thee from the evil woman from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. So, remember, they were virgins, not defiled with women, to keep thee from the evil woman and from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. So let's talk about this oil that goes in the lamp. It was a commandment. Leviticus 24.2 Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure oil olive beaten for the light to cause the lamps to burn continually. So here's everything that we see in this parable in the, the wise virgins. The this is this was the lamp that was in the temples, the temple the temple. So they had to bring oil so that the light would shine forth. The light is a symbol symbol of the Torah. The oil right is the the pressing. It's like the pressing of the the olive to bring forth that oil so that the light may shine. Remember what Messiah said: "Let your light so shine that others may see your works right, and glorify your Father which is in heaven." Brothers and sisters, this is a parable of five wise virgins who kept the Torah and five foolish virgins that didn't keep the Torah.
Proverbs twenty three twenty three. Remember, the the foolish virgins went to the wise and said, "Let us, you know, sell us some of your oil that we may buy." Right. Proverbs twenty three twenty three. Buy the truth. We've already defined the truth as a Torah. So buy the Torah and sell it not. Also wisdom, instruction, and understanding. So they couldn't sell. They couldn't sell their understanding and their wisdom and their keeping of the Torah because they had to do it for themselves. Like. If you, if if someone out there uh, was a believer in Messiah but didn't keep his Torah, they can't come to me and be like, "Hey, let me buy some of that, you know, that understanding and wisdom and 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 uh, uh, your your obedience to the Torah." You can't buy that from me, right? Just like I can't buy it from somebody else. Just a couple other verses from Proverbs while we're here. Proverbs thirteen one: A wise man heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. If Torah was translated properly, it would be instruction, not law. But it was translated as law, so it is what it is. But a wise son heareth his father's instruction. Proverbs three one: My son, forget not my law, my Torah, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Right? And remember. Herein is how we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Praise be to Yah. Praise be to Yah. Let me see if this works now. Okay, it's just not working. So, um, so when we saw Messiah Yahusha, uh, really quickly just saying, Away from me, you workers of iniquity. Right? I never knew you. Depart from me, you work that you that work iniquity. Let's take a look at it. Right? Anomia. This is the Greek word that was used. Lawlessness, iniquity, disobedience, properly without law. Lawlessness, the utter disregard for God's law. His written and living word. So he shooed away the people that did not keep his Torah. That is what tonight is all about, brothers and sisters. The sign is the sign. We should see the sign, repent, hearken unto him, believe in his son for the forgiveness of sins, be baptized, receive the Ruach, and be through the help of the Ruach, which is to guide us unto all truth, to the path of his Torah. This is how the bride makes herself ready. Now, so we've seen the woman We've seen the child. Now it's time for the dragon. Let's read it again. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So who is the dragon? Revelation 13, 1 through 2. And I stood up... Now, real quickly, um, this is obviously coming out very soon. So this week, we're focusing on Revelation uh, 12, verses 1 through 5. Uh, we're going to finish Revelation chapter 12 next week. Then the following week, we're going to be talking all about Revelation chapter 13 and the beast. So we're going to lightly touch the beast tonight, only because it's important, but we're not going to get too far into it. Revelation 13, 1 through 2. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. 
And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So what did we actually see here in um, right this wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. So we're actually seeing the beast. The beast is the the force behind the dragon. The dragon is, is what gave this beast the power. So it's actually this beast that is standing before the woman ready to devour her child as soon as it is born, right? Revelation 12, 9, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out onto the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So, the great red dragon is fueled by Satan. Or, I'm sorry, the beast is fueled by the dragon, which is Satan. Satan is behind this nonsense revelation 20 verse 2 and he laid hold on the dragon that old serpent which is the devil and satan and bound him a thousand years this is later on right but just want to solidify what's going on here uh, again we're going to discuss this beast here in great detail coming up very shortly here not next week but the following week uh, we will be discussing that quite a bit so uh, now let's talk about where it says here he that um, the he drew the third part of the stars of heaven. We're going to talk about this here in a second. Right? Now, most of us have been taught that Satan would bring down a third of the angels with him and, you know, equate that to the 200 watchers that fell in the beginning. Now, if this is the case, then there's only 600 angels, right? Because it says a third of the stars. So are there only 600 angels? Not quite, because it says even in Revelation 4 and 5, it says there's myriads or multitudes and multitudes, like just just tons of angels. Um, so that can't be it. So the 200 uh, angels that fell uh, at the beginning that uh, in Genesis 6, when, you know, when it said that uh, the sons of Elohim saw that the daughters of men were fair and they took them wives and they mated with them and the women bore great giants. I don't believe these are the third of the stars that it's discussing, right? So let's, first of all, to understand this passage, um, well, let me back up for a second. So certainly there is a ton of scriptures that talk about um, you know, the sun being darkened, uh, the moon being darkened, the stars being darkened, the stars falling from heaven like as a fig tree that casts her early figs. Um, but I think this, this is a little different here. It says again, his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven what are the stars of heaven right what are they we've some of us have been told that they're angels but is that where the story ends now some of you that have seen um the video we did a few months ago called enoch 43 the identity the identity of the stars in heaven revealed you already have an idea where i'm going with this but for those of you that are new let's take a look at the book of enoch uh which is mentioned uh and actually quoted by uh jude taught from by Messiah Husha himself, but although I have to say, if you're already a subscriber to this channel, you probably already understand that. Let's take a look at this. This is Enoch chapter 43. Now I'm going to go through this slowly so maybe you can catch this the first time around. I can't tell you how many times I read this through and just went right over my head. Actually, give me a second. Let me take a quick sip of water. <clears throat> Enoch 43. 
and I saw other lightnings and the stars of heaven. So Enoch is being shown the stars of heaven. And I saw how he all called them by their names. This is in the Psalms as well. And they hearkened unto him, right? They listened to him. They hearkened unto his voice. And I saw how they are weighed in a righteous balance according to their proportions of light. I saw the width of their spaces and the day of their appearing and how their revolution produces lightning. And I saw their revolution according to the number of the angels and how they keep faith with each other. And I asked the angel who went with me and showed me what is hidden. He said, what are these? Right? So, so Enoch is looking at the star. He's like, what are these? And the, right, this is the angel responding. And he said to me, Yahuwah Sevaot hath showed you the, their parabolic meaning. These are the names of the holy who dwell on the earth, right? Who dwells on the earth, men do, who dwell on the earth and believe in the name of Yahuwah Sevaot forever and ever. Whoa. Enoch 43 just said that the stars above in heaven, right? They're a reflection of us. Well, I say us. I'm, I don't if we're worthy, right? But if we, so so if we hearken unto him, right? Listen to his voice and believe in the name of Yahweh Sevaot forever and ever. What is it? What does it mean to hearken unto him? To listen to his voice? Well, it's to keep his Torah, as you probably guessed. So one th interesting thing here, um, this part here, uh, verse 2, And I saw how they are weighed in a righteous balance according to their proportions of light, the width of their spaces, and the day of their appearing, and how their revolution produces lightning. So I want to read this in the Sefer version. This is the R. Charles version, but in the Sefer version, it reads, In a righteous balance I saw that he weighed out with their light the amplitude of their places and the day of their appearance and their conversion. So the day of their appearance is that the, the day that they appeared in the world and their conversion to belief in him? Maybe. Maybe. Let's look at some supporting verses. Genesis fifteen fifteen. This is Yahuwah speaking to Father Abraham. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if you be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall your seed be. So this puts a whole new perspective to Yahuwah showing Abraham all the stars and said, this is, no, so shall your seed be, just like these. Little did we know that he was being literal. Genesis 37, 9 through 10. This is the dream of Joseph. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me. Now, it's interesting that we've got the uh, we've got most of the players here of this Revelation 12 sign because Joseph was a star and the 11 other stars, his 11 brothers, uh, bowed down and made obeisance. They bowed down to him. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brethren indeed come down and bow ourselves to you to the earth? But the key behind this is the stars represented the, tri the tribes of Israel, his people, right? The people of Yah. Daniel 12, 3 through 4, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But you, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Right? Shining like the stars. Right? 
puts a whole new perspective on, you know, Hollywood and talking about stars and, you know, rock stars and movie stars. Well, those that believe in Messiah Husha, believe in, you know, Yahuwah Most High, hearken unto his word, keep his commandments, call upon his righteous name, they are the stars. Matthew thirteen forty three. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who has ears, let him hear. Now, I want to show you another passage that is fascinating. It also is from the book of Second Baruch. We're going to go to chapter 51. Oh, here it was. Okay. Listen to this. This is one of the most intriguing passages I think I've ever read in my life. Chapter 51 of Second Baruch. And it, and it shall come to pass when that appointed day has gone by that then shall the aspect of those who are condemned be afterward changed and the glory of those who are justified. For the aspect of those who now act wickedly shall become worse than it is as they shall suffer torment. So this is like the resurrection of the just and the unjust. And the unjust, right? It says their form shall be worse than it is. Maybe this is your walking dead. Maybe flesh falling off their bodies. Who knows? Maybe this is why Hollywood puts forth that doctrine. Verse 3, Also, as for the glory of those who have now been justified in my Torah, that's right, who have had understanding in their life, who, and who have planted in their heart the root of wisdom, then their splendor shall be glorified in changes, and the form of their face shall be turned into the light of their beauty, that they may be able to acquire and receive the world which does not die, which is then promised to them. For over of, for, I'm sorry, for over this above all shall those who come then lament that they rejected my Torah and stopped their ears that they might not hear wisdom or receive understanding. Brothers and sisters, for those of us that have family, friends, co-workers that are stuck in the doctrines of men, that claim him, that confess him, that call him, but don't hearken unto his word, that don't hearken unto his Torah. This is the time, brothers and sisters. This is the time to share the truth with them. Maybe share this video with them. Maybe it'll wake up, make them up. I don't know. When therefore they see those over whom they are now exalted, but who shall then be exalted and glorified more than they, they shall be respectively be transformed the latter into the splendor of angels, and the former shall yet more waste away in wonder at the visions and in the beholding of the forms. For they shall first behold and afterwards depart to be tormented. But those who have been saved by their works and to whom the Torah has now been a hope and an understanding and expectation and a wisdom and a confidence shall wonders appear in their time. For they shall behold the world which is now invisible to them and they shall behold the time which is now hidden from them and time shall no longer age them. For in the heights of that world they shall dwell and they shall be made like unto the angels and be made equal to the stars. And they shall be changed into every form they desire, from beauty into loveliness and from light into the splendor of glory. I'm going to stop there just for sake of time. Amazing passage. Second Baruch, a fascinating read. And the first book of Baruch is actually included in the Apocrypha section of the 1611 KJV, the Geneva, uh, the Tyndale, many other Bibles, the Septuagint. 
The Septuagint? I'll have to check, I'll double check on the Septuagint. I can't remember off the top of my head if it was in the Septuagint. But any case, a couple other things I want to talk about. So we're going to talk about what we saw earlier. And let me just bring this back up again. So again, what I want to talk about here briefly is this great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. So what's actually being shown here is the beast. And the dragon is what gives that beast the power. So we're going to talk a little briefly about this beast so we can have a little more understanding here. Daniel 7, 2 through 14. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. And I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. And after this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which, by the way, I didn't mean to close that down. This, um, this beast that we see, right, that has the seven heads and ten horns, and upon his hor horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy, this beast was like unto a leopard, a bear, and a lion. And what do we just read so far, right? We saw um, the first one was a lion, the second one was a bear, right? And then now a leopard. And after this, I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, Right? So this is what we're talking about now in our time. Dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. It was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. We'll be talking about this uh, in a few weeks. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. I beheld till the thrones were cast down. Right? So we're, we're talking about um, drew a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. Right? I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were open. And I beheld them because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body was destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away. Yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Right? So they were held in check for the thousand year millennial reign. And at the end of the thousand year millennial reign, Satan goes back out, deceives the nations that were taken away, and their lives prolonged for a season, gathers them together for the battle of Gog and Magog. I saw the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion 
and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom which shall not be destroyed. And you know what? Let's see. Do I want to see? How's our time on this? Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll just read it. We'll read it. There's a lot more I want to go, go over. Okay. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. And I saw in a vision, and it came to pass, when I saw that I was at Shushan in the palace, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in a vision, and I was by the river of Ulai. Then I lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram which had two horns. And the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other. And the higher came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward, so that no beast might stand before him. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand, but he did according to his will and became great. And as I was considering, behold, an he-goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground, and the, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing before the river, and ran unto him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with choler against him, and smote the ram, and brake his two horns, and there was no power in the ram to stand before him. But he cast him down to the ground, and stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and for it came up four notable ones toward the four winds of heaven. And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great toward the south, and toward the east, and toward the pleasant land, right towards the land of inheritance." And it waxed great even to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and of the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. So what happened here? <coughs> we're going we're gonna to see the interpretation here shortly, but basically you have the king of the Medes and the Persians, right? With the end time, with the end of that reign was Darius, right? Or no, uh, it was Artaxerxes. Anyways, then comes in Alexander, and destroys that kingdom. And at the height of Alexander's kingdom, he was taken down and four of his generals took over and spread forth. Then Rome arose and it waxed great, which is the fourth kingdom, even to the host of heaven. We just described who the host of heaven are, right? The stars of heaven. And it cast down some of the hosts and the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. We know that Rome came and destroyed, came and destroyed uh, the land of Judea. The book of Maccabees has a detailed account of Nero and what they did to the people, even after Messiah Husha arose. Well, through them, of course, it was the Jews that rejected him, but through Rome, our Messiah was uh, crucified. Excuse me, and even after that, all the horrors they did to his people. And stamped upon them, right? And cast down some of them, the hosts of the stars to the ground, and stamped upon them. 
so has Rome been doing since that time. But we're going to talk a lot more about that when we get to Revelation 13. Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away and the place of the sanctuary was cast down. And yes, that's exactly what Rome did. You can read about it in the book of Maccabees. Uh, they destroyed the temple. The daily sacrifice was stopped because of Rome, the fourth beast. And an host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression. And it cast down the truth, the Torah, to the ground. And it practiced and prospered. How did this happen? Right after that first generation of apostles died off, in came Rome and the agents of Rome and cast the truth to the ground, cast the Torah to the ground. It was all about uh, you know, coming out of uh, those, uh, coming out of the Torah, coming out of the commandments of Yahuwah. And keeping the commandments of men and you have thus the the Catholic Church was born and the truth was hidden because of it and even the Protestant Reformation came out of the Catholic Church but still carried a lot of her deeds and carried a lot of her transgression why because they didn't come back to the Torah but brothers and sisters we are living in an amazing time where the Most High has been taking away the veil from our eyes and from our hearts that we may see clearly and he has not only brought us back to him through the offering of Messiah Yahusha, to whom we believe and trust in, and been re reconciled back to him, but he's removed the veil of the truth of his Torah. This is our inheritance. This is the inheritance that we pass down to our children. Then I heard one saint speaking and another saint that said unto that certain space, Try again. Then I heard one saint speaking, and another saint said unto that certain saint which spoke, How long shall be the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation to give both the sanctuary and the host to be trodden underfoot? And he said unto me, Unto two thousand and three hundred days, then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. And it came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning, then, behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Ulai, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. So he came near where I stood, and where he came, I was afraid and fell upon my face. But he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Now as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground. But he touched me and set me upright and said, Behold, I will make thee know which shall be in the last end of the indignation, for at the time appointed the end shall be. The ram which you saw having two horns are the kings of Media and Persia, and the rough goat is the king of Grisha, and the great horn that is between them, his eyes is the first king. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, right? Remember the four generals, right? Of Alexander, four kingdoms shall stand up out of that nation, but not of his own power. And in the latter time of the kingdom, when the transgressors are come to a full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up, and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper, and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. Right? That's the... said it, it stamped down the stars, right? Brought down, cast down the stars, right? And through his policy also he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. What's this craft, right? Craft. Craft. Skill in planning, making, or executing, right? 
to prosper in his hand. He shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace he shall destroy many. He shall also stand up, stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. And the vision of the evening and the morning which was told is true. Wherefore shut up thou the vision, for it shall be for many days. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick certain days. Afterward I rose up and did the king's business, and I was astonished at the vision, but none understood it. So all that to say this. We saw that earlier it said that, um, here is it. Yeah, so this kingdom, this fourth kingdom, waxed great even to the hosts of heaven, and it cast down some of the hosts and the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. So taking this in a our time kind of context, remember, uh, right here, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. Now it says, interesting, it says tail, right? You know, the tail, that could be a symbol of, now is this, is there going to be like a literal dragon flying through the skies, like scraping the sky with his tail in casting on the stars i don't think so i think this is telling us that in the end the end of this kingdom's reign right his tail because we know that the head is the beginning and the tail is the end of an animal especially a dragon so at the end of his kingdom this is just from what i understand at the end of his kingdom right he's also going to draw a third part of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth now the word here is land cast them to the land right um we know that throughout history that this beast the fourth kingdom on earth the roman catholic church right you had the pagan roman kingdom that morphed into the papal roman kingdom the quote-unquote holy uh, roman empire that through them they destroyed many on the earth especially the people of yahuwah is it going to happen again in these last days yeah i believe so i really do i do believe that yahuwah is going to protect his kodeshim but I believe there's going to be a lot that aren't going to make it that are going to be destroyed by the beast. They're going to have to give their life because they weren't ready. They're going to have to give their life. Okay, let's take a look at uh, standing before the woman. So again, what are we talking about here? And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So again, we know the woman is New Jerusalem. Revelation 21, 2-3. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from Elohim out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of Elohim is with men. So we can now deduce that New Jerusalem is called the tabernacle of Elohim. Right? The tabernacle of Elohim is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and Elohim himself shall be with them and be their Elohim. Now, here's the beast, right? This is the the dragon, again. It's the beast, the fourth kingdom, right? Having seven heads and ten horns. We solidified that that is the beast, fueled and given power by the dragon, but it's actually the beast standing before. So, let's look again at the beast here. Revelation 13, 1 through 6. And again, the context of what we're looking for is the dragon or the beast standing before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. 
Revelation 13, 1 through 6. I, and I stood upon the sands of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So what are we seeing here? This is the one world order. Why? Because as we see all the nations coming together, we saw the first, second, third, and fourth beast all come together in this conglomerate. It's just like we see in Hollywood. We see all these alien movies that all they need is this, this common threat, and all the people of the world put their problems aside and come together and come against this threat. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you that Messiah Husha and his army and the, the New Jerusalem is that alien threat. Obviously, it's not the alien this is his, his world, but that's what the beast is going to portray that as. It's the whole reason, in my opinion, the whole reason for the alien um, uh, propaganda that comes out of Hollywood. So again, this is a one world order because you see all the beasts here. The, the leopard, right? The bear, the lion, and of course, the fourth beast, which has been in authority since his mortal head wound was healed, which we'll talk about in a few weeks. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, right? Because if you're uh, this, this fourth kingdom, as we know, is not only a governing ruins, but it's also a religious power. So they worship the dragon. How do they worship the dragon? Through this religious power. Even Protestantism. Because if they're not keeping the commandments of Yah, they're keeping someone else's, and it ain't his. And if it ain't his, who are they worshiping? They worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Now listen to this. Listen closely. This right here, I believe, is the dragon standing before the woman, which was ready to be delivered. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against Elohim to blaspheme his name. And his tabernacle. Remember what we just said. What we just said here. The New Jerusalem is the tabernacle of Elohim. So, what are we seeing here? The beast is gathered around against his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. What is heaven? Heaven is his tabernacle. It's New Jerusalem. Heaven coming down on earth. All right. So, have we seen the the have we seen the um, the sign of the dragon? Well, it could be a heavenly sign because it said another wonder in heaven. Have we actually seen it yet? I don't know. Um, there is a video I want to show you. It's just interesting whether this is it or not. I don't know, um, but truly, I believe that you know the the most important part we need to understand about. What's going on here is that we understand who the, who the beast is and that it'll be attempting to um, gather around New Jerusalem. Anyways, let's take a look here at this video. Um, this is really interesting. My cousin actually shot this in uh, Salem, Indiana, and uh, I want to I just I want to share it with you. Let's take a look at it. So what we're seeing here is this is the sun, 
This is the lens flare. So you can see here, smaller luminary, larger luminary. And he's going to move the camera around to show you that this is the lens flare. This is not the lens flare. Check this out. Look. Look at the lens flare. The lens flare is going all over the place, but these two are standing still. So remember at the beginning, it showed that there's going to be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. Could this be part of the fulfillment of this great red dragon? I don't know. Some people call it Nibiru. Some people call it some unknown um, wandering star or planet coming. I, I'm not an expert on that kind of stuff. But I can tell you, this is interesting and worthy to look into. Um, if you want to look at this more, just go to the Parable of the Vineyard Facebook page. And uh, it's just a couple, po couple posts down. But very interesting in my opinion. Right, that's enough of that. Well, brothers and sisters, we have gone over a lot tonight, and I pray that this is a blessing for you. More importantly, I pray that it was a blessing and a sweet savor before the Most High and before His anointed Messiah, Yahusha. I pray that maybe you learned something new. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you already, maybe this solidified something that you've already learned. But, brothers and sisters, it, this is not just for you. I pray that you share this with family members. This is something tangible that Yahuwah has put in the heavens to show us his times, to show us what time we're living in, and that it's time to get away from the doctrines of men and to keep his commandments like it hasn't been done in thousands of years. Because after all, we want to be ready. We want to be ready for his coming. couple announcements. Uh, so the, the study is over. A um, couple announcements, brothers and sisters. Um, someone from Hallelujah Scriptures had contacted me. Uh, as you all know, my two favorite scriptures are this. My favorite is the Sefer. Uh, second favorite is the, the Hallelujah Scriptures. Um, actually, yeah, this is a special one. Alan Horvath gave me this copy here. Um, but they at hallelujah scriptures realize that the time is so short and they want to give out free copies of scriptures with the restored names and i'll just show you um if you'll be able to see it that's uh, hard to see anyways it's a great translation has the restored names of um the most high of messiah yahusha they are giving copies away for free now um you know, with, with whatever's coming, brothers and sisters, I do re recommend getting as hold as many physical copies of scriptures as possible. My favorite favor is the Sefer, but it's not cheap. It's like a hundred bucks. You can use code POTV for 10% off if you want, uh, but still it's it's pricey. Now, you get what you pay for. It's by far, I believe, the, the best out there. But if you are light on the funds, or uh, if you don't have a lot of money, the Hallelujah Scriptures is an amazing second best, in my opinion. And they do have all the other books. They just separate them into other books. What I do love, uh, what I do love about, what I do love about the Sefer is it has all the books in it. Well, most of the books. Um, some of the ones we read out tonight, like Enoch, Second Baruch, uh, Two Ezra's. 
I highly recommend getting a copy of this Sefer. Um, but uh, if you can't afford it, email me. So this is what I'm getting at. Email me your name and your address. Uh, you can email me at hello at parableofthevineyard.com. Um, right? Is that right? Hello at parableofthevineyard.com. Email me uh, your name and your address, and I'm going to collect all those. I'm going to forward them to Hallelujah Scriptures, and they're going to send you out a free copy of uh, the Hallelujah Scriptures. Uh, let me see. I think I have a copy here. It's okay. Anyways, so if you want a free copy, now's the time. Again, hello at parableofthevineyard.com. Uh, I'm going to take the next couple days. Uh, I'm going to cut it off probably maybe uh, midweek, maybe Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and send them the list. So um, get that to me as soon as you can. Again, hello, H-E-L-L-O, at parableofthevineyard.com. If you go into the description box below this video or the see more section, uh, you can just copy and paste it um, if you want that. Um, Another thing, um, we're going to talk maybe more about this next week, but uh, those of you that uh, um, have been with us for quite some time are our brothers and sisters out in Pakistan. Uh, they're really close to getting the building finished. Uh, we're going to be looking for some support from you guys to finish that building uh, and so they can uh, start having somewhere to gather and congregate and to worship. But we'll talk more about that next week, so just stay tuned for that. Uh, with that with that being said, brothers and sisters, um, Shabbat Shalom to you. I pray that this was a good start to your Shabbat. Um, we, if you're a late nighter, if you want to stay with me, uh, after we, this ends, we will be doing the Torah portion. So hopefully, some of the things we talked about tonight will uh, maybe um, inspire you to start looking into His Torah. So we will be uh, we're at week 39 tonight. We'll be looking at uh, uh, the Book of Numbers, chapter 19, verse 1 through 22, verse 1, and. Um, but before that, we will be singing the song of Moshe together. Uh, but before that, we're going to pray and we're going to do the priestly blessing and uh, then we will sing. So let's borrow hearts unto Father Yahuwah. Yahuwah, the Most High, the Elohim of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. We just come before you, Yahuwah, and we just thank you for opening our eyes and ears in these last days that we may hear and we may see and we may understand we thank you for Messiah Yahushua. We thank you for these signs in the heavens you've been giving us so that we may wake up to your times and be ready and be prepared. Abba, we bless you. We thank you. And we just pray that you guide our heart and guide our steps and strengthen us for whatever may come through us, come to at us in these last days. And Abba, as the world gets darker, help us to shine brighter that we may show forth your truth and that others may be drawn to you. We bless you in Yahushua's mighty, mighty name. Come quickly. Amen. Brothers and sisters, Yevarechecha Yahuwah verishmerecha Yeer Yahuwah panav elecha vechnuneka Yese Yahuwah panav elecha veyashem lecha shalom Yahuwah bless you and keep you Yahuwah, make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahuwah, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Shabbat shalom, brothers and sisters. We're going to sing the song of Moshe together. I pray it's a blessing for you again. The song the 144,000 sing together. Shabbat shalom.
I sing to Yahweh, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and he has become my deliverance. He is my El, and I praise him. Elohim of my Father And I exalt Him Yahuwah is a man of battle Yahuwah is His name He has cast Pharaoh's chariots And his army into the sea and his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has become great in power. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has crushed the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you pulled down those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the wind of your nostrils, the waters were heaped up The floods stood like a wall The depths became stiff In the heart of the sea The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake I divide the spoil My being is satisfied on them I draw out my sword, my hand destroys them you blew with your wind the sea covered them they sank like lead in the mighty waters who is like you oh Yahuwah among the mighty ones who is like you great in Kodeshah awesome in praises Working wonders You stretched out your right hand The earth swallowed them In your kindness You led the people Whom you have redeemed In your strength You guided them To your Kodesh dwelling Peoples heard They trembled Anguish Inhabitants of Pelasheth Then the chiefs of Edom were troubled The mighty men of Moab Trembling grips them All the inhabitants of Canaan Melted Fear and dread fell on them By the greatness of your arm They are as silent as a stone until your people pass over, O oh, Yahuwah. 
Until the people whom you have bought pass over You bring them in and plant them In the mountain of your inheritance In the place, oh Yahuwah Which you have made for your own dwelling The meek dash, oh Yahuwah which your hands have prepared. Yahweh reigns forever and ever.